God. Well, you made it. Tell that one on your left and right that you ma- they made it. The last Sunday of the year. I, uh, I get in trouble sometimes. How many of you, you know, um, get in trouble for sharing some memes once in a while? Um, so I saw one out there and I didn't, you know, want to share it on the Facebook or on my church world because I didn't want any of you to stay home today. But, you know, it was the home alone, it was one of the home alone uh, memes, you know, that if, if that guy, I don't remember his name, but if, if he could stay home alone and get in all the trouble he did and still make it to church, um, you know, then, you know, there's no excuse for, you know, us to make it to church today. But I'm glad you're here. And if you're watching online and you can't be here today, we still love you and, uh, and we miss you. Um, Praise God. We've been, uh, you know, praying for different ones. I know Lou is out sick today, and we are going to pray for him in a little bit. Um, And uh, we've been uh, praying and lifting up Fred Haney. Um, I appreciate your prayers. Um, Got a text from Valeria today. He is, they feel like he's turning the corner on that. There are a lot of positive things happening for him uh, physically, and so they're praying that the NG tube comes out uh, maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, but here soon, and so they're just uh, uh, just needing uh, just some of the uh, uh, internal systems to start functioning again. So, praise God, they uh, you know some good things happening. I was uh, was able to be with him yesterday for about four hours, and uh, just praying over him and worshiping there with him, and so uh, just uh, a lot of good things. You know, we believe we just praying God doing a miracle there. So uh, appreciate. Um, you know, your prayers, and I know Fred and Valeria appreciate it, but um, today as we get ready to go into the message, I just want to spend a moment just praying for some needs um, before we do that, and we want to pray for Lou, we want to pray for Fred, but are there any other needs here today? I know Kevin's got surgery um, this week, um, what day? Wednesday, hernia surgery. Anybody else this week? Your brother-in-law has Parkinson's, and um, his name? Fred. Fred. I was going to say Fred, but, you know, I couldn't remember if it was Fred or Mike. So, Fred. Okay, you're going to remember Fred, who's been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Kevin, who's got hernia surgery. The other, our Fred, who's in the hospital there. Um, And uh, Lou. Uh, Anyone else? Right. What? Your brother Mark. Okay. Melissa? My nephew Kyle. Nephew Kyle. He's got some financial issues. Financial issues, okay. All right. So, body of believers, here's what I need you to do. If you, first off, if you um, have a need, I want you to stand so that way we know who you are. And then the rest of us are going to gather around you. We're going to just lift up uh, these individuals in prayer. So first off, those that mentioned a need, just stand. And if you didn't mention one, but somebody called you out, you get to stand too. So um, thank you. Um, So we're going to, and 
David, would you do me a favor? Would you stand in for Fred? And we're going to have people lay hands on you for Fred uh, uh, Haney today. And so if uh, different ones would lay hands on David uh, here for Fred Haney. Um, and we're just praying for him. Um, uh, just uh, standing in for Fred Haney. And then, uh, so we've got Ryan and Melissa over here for uh, Mark and for uh, uh, Melissa's uh, nephew, Kyle. Thank you. Good, good memory, good memory. Praise God. Good, good, good. Thank you. All righty. And uh, let's just, um, in your groups, just begin to pray for them individually, and then I will, uh, uh, I will pray uh, over these uh, just in a moment here um, collectively. And so let's just begin to call out to God on these. Father, we just thank you for um, your miracle-working ability, that God, that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Father, right now... Um, uh, Lord, I just thank you. Uh, Linda, would you lay hands on Gabriel over there? And uh, Gabriel, you're going to stand in for Lou right now. And uh, we're just praying right now as Lou is out dealing with uh, uh, stuff, sickness. Uh, uh, we just pray for healing for Lou also. And uh, Lord, there's just different ones that are just in the midst of sickness right now. And uh, we got people standing in for uh, different ones. We got uh, Lou, we got people standing in for Fred Haney. Father, Lord, these individuals that are, are not present with us, but you have the ability to uh, uh, still touch them as ones standing in for them are here. And Father, we pray a physical touch in their bodies. Father, bring healing to Lou. Father, I pray that Fred's body uh, would begin to respond, that his bowels would begin to function properly, that his heart would come back into rhythm. Father, that you, all the things that are going on would begin to function as you designed them to do. Father, I pray for a reset in Fred's body right now, and we just thank you for that. We lift up Kyle. Um, we pray for a financial miracle. We pray that you would just help him to bring into alignment the decisions that he needs to make so that financially he's able to do the things he needs to do. We pray for Mark and his Parkinson's, Father, that you would touch him, Father, and we just thank you that you're able to do miracles there. We pray for Fred and his Parkinson's, Father, that you can do uh, a miracle there in his life. And we pray for Kevin as he goes in, Father, uh, for this uh, hernia surgery this week, Father, that you would touch him in his body. And Father, that the surgeon would be able to just do a mirror, you know, do a, a, a surgery there that would fix this and he would come out fully uh, healed and restored there. And Father, for each individual here that is uh, uh, representing a need, Father, even if they weren't mentioned, Father, I pray that you would do a, a miracle in their life. And I just thank you that as the body of Christ, we can stand together, that we can hold one another up, strengthen one another, um, Father, and I just thank you that you are present. And Father, we speak against the lies of the enemy that want to beat us down, hold us back, hold us down, and we speak life. We speak healing, uh, we speak miracles today into these lives, and we just thank you. We ask for these things in your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. God is good, and all the time, amen. All right, today we are going to focus on finishing strong. Finishing strong. 
How many of you guys like a, a strong finish? Man, I love seeing people gutted out in the end. You know, there's, there is nothing like a good, uh, hard-fought competition where people are, uh, you know, really giving it their very uh, best effort. They're, they're really pushing. They're really going all out. They're, they're, they're really pushing to the very last bit of energy they have. Um, you could tell that they are expending not only uh, every ounce of energy, but they're tapping into even reserves they didn't realize they had. And uh, we are there. We have just a few days left in this year. And I believe that even though there's only a few days left, it is important that we not lose sight that there's a few days left in this year. That we need to keep our eyes fixed on finishing strong, even in 2021. Now, I realize 2021 has not been the favorite year for many people. You know, people, as they got out of 2020, they were hoping that it would be the last year they ever saw with some of those things. And um, praise God, some of those things, you know, reared their ugly head again in 2021. But you know why they did that? It's because of fear, you know. Now, I am not saying that some of the things going on with, you know, the things going on out there in the world are not real. I, I'm not saying that. But you know what? We've had some of those things going on for a few years. Sickness has been going on for a few years. But it does not need to cripple a society. But what does cripple a society is fear. And when we allow fear to navigate and control decisions, what we have is we have people that begin to make decisions not based out of wisdom, not based out of sound judgment, but out of reactionary thinking, and which is never good decision-making. And so church, as the body of believers, as we come together focusing on the, the few days remaining, my challenge for you, what I, what I am pushing towards, what I am hoping to uh, drive you towards, is to create a mindset within you to help you finish strong. I'd like to direct our attention to uh, a passage of, of Scripture that I find great, you know, great desire, great uh, love for. And as you're turning there, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, I'd like to share this quote with you. Many good plans... Die in the land of good intentions. Many good plans die in the land of good intentions. How many of you have ever had good intentions in life? That have never gone anywhere. <laughs> I intended to do something. But it never materialized into anything. And good intentions are not worth anything. 
if I can be honest with you. It's great to have good intentions, and people share their good intentions all the time. But the truth is, it's best to actually just go out and do it. If Nike actually had one thing good that they ever shared in life was, you know, just do it. You know, it, it's, it's a good slogan. But the truth is, so many of us in the church and in our world today, we have lots of good intentions that land and go nowhere. And we have, in the church, many projects that had good intentions, and we are just as guilty at that in this church, and I pray that this next year, as we look at some projects that we'd like to accomplish, some ministry outlets that we'd like to be involved in, that those would not be just simply good intentions. Now, we can we could talk about some things that we'd like to do. And we can have some people go out and do them. Some ministers. Some people that are organizing those events. But if you don't go with them, then the people organizing them will have a good time, but it will fall short of fully accomplishing everything that they were intended to do because you're not there. The truth is you weren't ever intended just to come to church. That's not your full function. You know, God didn't just call you to show up on Sunday morning. You know, that's not what the body of believers is supposed to do. That's like having a well-trained army that never goes out to war. How silly is that? You know, we, we could boast the greatest army in the world and take pictures of them and post them everywhere. But if they never do anything, are they really an army? Let's get to our scripture before I offend someone today. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 to 27. Do you know, not know that in a race, I hope you brought your shoes, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? And I didn't even bring my tennies today, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear the full intent of your word. Not only to hear, but to become doers of your word. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Number one, are you a runner? Now, I will be honest with you, my, my first answer throughout life was very simple. I am not a runner. This frame was not built for running. Okay. 
Now, there, there had to have been another sport that this frame was... I, I was a football player. I loved hitting people and hurting people. But that, that, that's not what this is talking about scripturally, okay? In this scripture, all of us in this room actually are called to be runners, be involved in, in running this race. So in this race... You've all been called into it. So, the answer is yes. You should be a runner. It has nothing to do with your framework. It's a calling. So when, when I ask the question, are you a runner, you do have to wrestle with this just a little bit. Because it's not about framework, it's about willingness to answer a call. And, and that's where we all struggle. We all wrestle. You know, Scripture talks about wrestling with our calling. Um, it is this battle that how, how easily is it for us to actually do something with what God's called us to do. And it's this battle of, do I just come to church and sing pretty songs, and let's be honest, not all of us do we sing. I mean, we've already had that sermon before. I know I've beat you all up with it, you know. Some of you, I can't sing, and so I just sit here quietly. That's not my gift mix. I just sit here, you know, I'm, you know, here filling this spot, you know. I'm here, I raise my hands, and I know, Pastor, I've heard that before. That's a different message, I know. I'll move on. All right. So, but here's the truth. There is a race that is going on. It is actually a race that is currently active. And God wants you to get in it. There are, there are, there are runners just jumping into the race all the time. Which is a great thing, right? You know, I, I'm thankful that, you know, last week we had a couple people rededicate their life who jumped back into the race, right? So anytime we have people rededicate their life to Christ, they're jumping back into the race. Anytime we have people commit their life to Christ, they're getting in the race. So my question with this, are you a runner, really is asking, are you willing to run the race of being a believer? It's, it's asking the question, why are you here in the body of believers? Why are you here at church? It's easy to get caught up with just coming to church and forget that there is a purpose beyond just coming to church. You know, it's asking the question, are you even in the race? You know, are you even part of the process? Are you even recognizing that God has something for you to do? Yes, you answered the call to be a believer, but you didn't realize that that actually had something tied to it. Now, I tell people that when God calls you to be a follower of His, that there's a cost. 
you know, I don't want anybody ever to decide to follow Christ and think that it is um, an easy road. There's a cost to it. You know, Scripture says to consider the cost before building a house. There's a cost. Um, I lived in Oregon for seven years. And um, the, the, the dorms that I lived in had this sign, built to the glory of God debt-free. Now, you would think that was a great sign, right? But let me just say that they, they use substandard material. And, and it was cheap. And so even though it was built to the glory of God, debt-free, things were breaking all the time. There was one electrical outlet in each of our, our rooms, our dorm rooms. Do you know how hard it is to be a college student? Now, granted, when they built those colleges, you know, in the 60s, they didn't need a lot of, you know, people using computers, probably. I don't know. I didn't do it. I, was, I wasn't born until the latter half of that year or that decade. <laughs> so, <laughs> But now I'm going to college there and, you know, we're trying to run computers that don't work and things that are breaking all the time. And it's like, wow, you know, I don't know that it gave much glory to God. At least we didn't feel that way as college students. <laughs> or we drove down the road and there was this beautiful church that was partly built. And you know it was partly built the entire time I was living there in Oregon? Seven years. Because they ran out of money. They didn't consider the cost before building <laughs> the house. They started building thinking that God would provide as they went. And they ran out of money, and then they had a half-built church. And what do you do with a half-built church? Well, nobody came. So it was not a pleasant picture for the community. I know eventually it got finished because I went out there when Tia graduated and the building was finally done, but that was, you know, 20 years later, you know. So you have to understand we're in this, we, there's a purpose we're here. And sometimes all we do is show up on Sunday morning and that's not enough. And I'm, I'm wanting this to be a pretty heavy message as we end the year because I want you to finish this year strong and you need to realize that there's a cost. In verse 26, Paul says that we need to run with purpose, not aimlessly. When you come to church, do you come Expecting to get something out of the message? Do you come to expecting to get good biscuits and gravy? 
I mean, I do come expecting to get good biscuits and gravy. I'll be honest, not the biscuit. I, I just like gravy over my eggs. But I come expecting that. But I come, even though I know I'm bringing the message, I come expecting to get something out of the service. I come expecting to get something from you. When you sing loud behind me, I minister to. When you preach with me, I minister to. You're in a race, and you're to run with purpose. And so when you come here, you're coming preparing for the race you're in. You're coming to get tooled up, getting resources so that as you, get, as you keep running the race, you're able to be more effective. You know, how many of you like going out and getting new um, shoes, you know, new uh, exercise equipment? Yeah, a few of you, yeah. You know, I love, I love working out. Is there anybody else here that loves working out? You know, I love to, I love to work out. It is, it may be a sickness at times. You know, um, I love getting up in early in the morning and working out. You know, it is, it is one of those things that I do, and and it feeds a thing inside of me. But I also love, you know, um, new, you know, I love workout stuff, you know. And I have lots of it. Now, some of it I don't use all the time. And sometimes I buy stuff that I've never used. Has anybody ever done that? I'm sorry, Nancy. It, I bought it with good intention. Now, I always buy good quality. I don't buy junk. But... I like tooling up, and when I, go, when I get involved in something, I want to make sure what I have is going to be good. It's going to meet my needs, okay? It's going to take care of what is going to be necessary for the race. Now, I've gone into some things ill-prepared. Has anybody else? A couple weeks ago, I, I was able to go on a trip down to Sedona, Arizona. Um, part of my physical therapy that I went through for my knee and getting released early because I wanted to do some mountain climbing. That was one of my big goals. And I got, uh, Nancy and I got to go down to Sedona, Arizona, and I did some mountain climbing. And uh, I had my Brooks tennis shoes, which, you know, I thought were decent shoes, you know, good tread, I thought. They weren't. Going up, they were great. Coming down, they were not. The rocks were slick coming down. I slid a lot. I did not, I did not take into consideration sliding and the amount of how much different the angle would be on my knee coming down the mountain on these slick rocks. It, was, it created some apprehension in my life. Now, my wife was not with me during this time. I was, I was alone during this segment of time. But I had prepared physically. I was, I was not breathing hard. There were people breathing hard. I was not. I had been riding my bike for an hour and a half 
every morning. Physically, I was well prepared. Even though the elevation was changing, I, I, was, not, I, was, not drunk, I was not overwhelmed physically. It was just, there were there was times it's like, I, I had to sit there and think, Lord, I'm in this. I, I did this because I wanted to do this. I wanted to accomplish this. This was a goal. But this is a little overwhelming at first. And it's like, you're in a race, buddy. Finish it. And then halfway up the mountain one time, um, we came in contact with a person who fell off the mountain. Yeah. It's like, God, maybe I should turn back. This person fell off, and she, they got two good legs. And so we helped her down. You know, there, there was a group of ten that helped her get back up on the mountain, got her back down. And I'm glad my wife was down further and helped counsel her and stuff like that. And, but after they went on their way, I'm sitting there by myself, and I'm thinking, Lord, maybe I shouldn't go any further. And I stood there for like a good 15 minutes. And, and he kept reminding me, you prepared for this. You're in a race. You're tooled up. Keep going. So I did. And I, and I, finished, I finished what I, I went out there to do. But see, one of the things that we have to realize is we've been called into a race. But are you going to prepare? That leads me to my second point. We have to compete. Everyone who competes goes into strict training. Strict training. In order for me to get ready for my mountain climbing experience, I was riding, I got to the point where I was riding, I'd get, I'd get up every morning at 4.55. Why 4.55? Because I, I was getting up on even numbers, or I, you know, like I was like a 5 or a 5.30, or, and I thought, you know, I need to throw off my schedule just a little bit. So I got up at 4.55, just to throw it off just a little bit. And I ride for an hour and a half. And you're thinking, that's crazy. Yes. But, and I ride, you know, and, and I'm not challenging anybody else to do this. This is not, I don't tell my family to do this. This is me. What was that? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, but like my resistance on my Peloton is up to 70 now. And, and I ride for, you know, that's, and I, and I put in about 28 miles every morning right now. And that's how I prepare, that's what I, that's how I got off of my, you know, out of my physical therapy early, and I got ready to do this. But that was, see, everyone who competes must go into strict training. But I started thinking about that for our spiritual things. What kind of Strict training have you gone through to be ready for not only ending this year, but starting a new one? You know? If, if I am willing to endure an hour and a half every morning to do a mountain climbing adventure, that's not going to get me any... I mean, it got me closer to heaven. <laughs> And one wrong move, I would have got there quicker than all of you. If I'm willing to do that for a physical 
endeavor. What am I willing to do spiritually? What am I willing to do for spiritual training? Now, I do a lot of things spiritually. My hour and a half ride every morning, I don't do just a lot of activities that are just mindless things. I have you know, Bible verses that I, I have, my devotions that I go through. I have um, some affirmation stuff that I do. I do some reading stuff. I mean, I have a pretty aggressive process. And then I do about 30 minutes of worship um, while I'm writing. I mean, I have a pretty set schedule in my hour and a half. So I use that for strict training. Now, I find that when I do that every day, I am ready for the attacks of the enemy that day. If I don't do that, I find that I am much more um, open for the enemy to attack me. Strict training prepares my mind so that the enemy is not easily affecting me in the things that are going on. I also, I I remember double... uh, you know, sessions in football when I was in high school. How many of you remembered any of those? You know, they, they happen the 1st of August, you know, most years in August. How many remember what August is like in, in Ohio? You know, it's normally like, you know, 90 degrees with, you know, 100% humidity. And most, and I'll just be honest with you, most guys in high school come into that time of football ill-prepared. They haven't trained. They haven't run. And so those two weeks, most guys are throwing up. The first couple days, you do it without pads. And then you put the pads, you know, helmet on, and then it's full gear. And, and it's, it really is meant you're either going to get prepared or you're going to quit. And, and you're serious? You want people to quit? They do. They want you either to prepare or to quit. They don't want you to hang around just because you want to sit on the bench. Now see, in the Christian, in the church, we're not that serious. Come on. It's okay if you just hang around. We don't ever drive someone just to quit. What would happen if we pushed people that hard to where you actually had a requirement to do something or you were kicked out? What would happen in the church? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm not, I am not advocating for this. That's between God and his church. I am not in charge. This is God's church. I'm just saying, there may be something to it if God put a little bit more of a requirement on us serving him. <laughs> or maybe he has. Because he does say that he's going to hold us accountable for everything that we do or don't do. The problem is we don't know what that is until we get to heaven. And are we willing to base our entire life and wait until we get there to find out. See, I want to, I'd rather work hard now 
and get ready for what I know is going to be something amazing? Even, even if, even if I don't get anything different than anybody else, I'd rather work hard now believing that God's got something great. Because I'm believing my mansion's going to be bigger than all yours. That it's going to take me a lot longer to enjoy or, you know, to explore it than, you know, and, and heaven's eternity, you know. I got a long time to live there. So I'm not worried about running out of time. But see, I'm going through, I just started realizing the strict training that I need to go through every day is to prepare me for what I need to do out there every single day in the Christian life. And that's where I'm concerned that we are not preparing ourselves adequately for this life that God's called us to live. Number three, what's your mindset? I talked earlier that I'm hoping to help you create a mindset moving forward. And I think that's what Paul is trying to do. I think one of the things that I love about Paul is when you read his stuff, he definitely is focused on creating a mindset in, in the believers. And he's pretty intense. I think anytime I read Paul's writings, the one word that comes to mind is Paul was intense. Not in, I mean, he was a tent maker, so he was always in tents, but, but that's side joke, sorry. Some of you, sorry. Sometimes my jokes are not always good, but hey, that one was good. That one, I'm going to write that one down for later. That came on the spur of the moment there, so. But um, I think Paul had this, this knew that in order to create a, a thought process in his believers, because he knew that in order for them to be able to accomplish all that God was calling them to do, they had to not only in that moment think a certain way, but create a thought process that would drive them every day, day after day, to a certain thought process. And so I'm going to give you three R's that are going to help you focus your mindset. Three R's here. First one, that, and these are things that I think you can do every day to help you reevaluate your, mind, reevaluate your mindset, the, or, or focus your mindset. First one is reevaluate everything you do for your spiritual discipline, disciplines. Reevaluate. Ask yourself why I do this. Do you do it because you were told to do it or because you have an honest desire to deepen your relationship with God? Why do you pray? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you do a Bible study? Why do you do any of it? And you're thinking, well, I have to do it. Do you really? I think you need to reevaluate those things. If your honest desire is not to grow closer to God, 
See, I think you need to ask yourself some of those hard questions. Why are you doing what you do? Second, rearrange. Rearrange your patterns and habits in these areas. Now, I love rearranging things. I love rearranging things. If I could rearrange these pews every week, I would. I have moved these things, and they are heavy. (laughs) Trust me, if I could... If I could move all these pews out of here and put chairs in here, you would probably come in every week and they would be in a different pattern. It's okay, Elaine. I'm not getting rid of them tomorrow. But they would be if I could. Rearrange your pattern. Sometimes we need to rearrange simply to break up a thought process. When we get stuck in a pattern, it creates a rut. And sometimes if we stay in that rut long enough, we, we get buried so deep in something, we have no idea why we're doing it anymore. That's why we need to change the translation of the Bible we're reading once in a while, change our fashions that we're wearing once in a while. <laughs> Just kidding. You can wear whatever you want. (laughs) I just threw that one in there for free. Third, renew. Renew your commitment to do those things that truly expose you to more of his wisdom and love more and more. Renew your commitment. (laughs) I just want you to want more of God. Is it okay that I want you to want more of God? Now, there are times I get angry at you. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I show up to prayer or church or whatever and you're not here, there are times I get angry. I'll just be honest. I feel if I'm here, you should. i just be honest. I mean, if I'm showing up, you should be. If I'm at a work day, you should be. And I know you say, well, pastor, we pay you. Do you? If, if we calculated how many hours, do you really pay me? Sometimes we get so fixated on, that's your job. Actually, my job is to equip you to do this work. And when I, when I set something up to do and you don't show up, then I, you're right, I've failed miserably. And if I tell you to show up and you don't do it, then you failed miserably. It's just the truth. And that's a hard message. But the truth hurts sometimes. Sometimes. 
But if you don't have a desire to renew your relationship with God and get closer to Him, you don't accept hard messages. You don't want to be offended by those messages. Because you just want your ears tickled. In conclusion, don't you love that? I only have a few more points after in conclusion. Here we go. I've got a few things that I'd like you to do, setting yourself up to finish this, this week out well. They're things that are easy for you to do. I'd like you to spend some time in earnest prayer asking God to show you what areas in your life need to change. Not in my life. I don't need you to... I, let me change that. I want you to pray for me all the time. But this week specifically, I need you to ask God to specifically show you what areas in your own life need to change. Ask Him to show you how to reevaluate, rearrange, and renew your life. Because I believe if you're serious about strengthening your walk with Him, He will be serious about what He shows you to do. And here's the next one, which is really big. And some of you probably already filled this in. Contact someone who will be an... No. See, I knew some of you were going to fill that word in there. But I have a different word for you, and it's already up there on the screen for you. And I was reading this week in a book, and they shared this, and I thought, I like that word. An expectability partner. An expectability partner is someone who expects these things out of you. I like that. They're already expecting you to do them. It's a different mentality. So I want you to set a relationship with someone this week, and you can have two people you know, that you're connecting with. That you're, they're expecting you to do and fulfill these things that you have gone to God in prayer about that He wants you to change. I have one final Scripture passage to read for you. It's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run. Man, another command to run. It's almost like God wants us to get in shape here. With endurance the race that God has set before us. 
We do this, this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I love that, that God set this mentality in place that we are in a race and there is a need for endurance. There is a need for focus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, when we lived in um, South Dakota, um, we had a opportunity had an opportunity to do some special Olympics. How many of you have ever had a chance to be part of those? Um, one of uh, the members of our church, his name was Jimmy, and uh, he uh, he was uh, participating in these events and. Uh, he would invite me to come and watch him run and throw and do these different events. And uh, uh, it was always a highlight of the year being able to go and uh, participate in these events with him. And it was so much fun because these, these competitors would not focus so much necessarily on the finish line, but on all those people that were cheering them on. It was more about the crowds that were there cheering them on than it was about the competition. And, and, I, and I thought about that with this, this Hebrew passage, being surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. Church, you have people not only in the heavenlies that are cheering you on, but you are surrounded by some other believers that are cheering you on as well. And if, if God calls you to something, there are those here that will help you get through something. They'll help you get through it because they're going to cheer you on. You know, they're going to be that one holding up your arms so that you can accomplish that task in front of you. But you have to be willing to endure to the end. You have to be willing to persevere. You have to be willing to push a little further. And in Hebrews, he says, you have to be willing to set aside the, the, the weights Weights are not necessarily sins, but things that weigh us down, nonetheless. Things that, that hold us back. We need to be willing to set aside anything that is holding us back from accomplishing what God has called us to. And we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. There is no other way. Fix our eyes on him. And then listen to people cheer us on as we move forward in what God's called us to do. I believe God wants us to finish strong. And there's some of you that God has some things that there are, he still wants you to do over the next several days. I am excited that we have been praying for souls to be saved. And that souls are being saved. 
next next week I am I am so excited about next Sunday's message already. You will not want to miss next Sunday's message. It is going to be amazing. Next Sunday, um, we're going to have the sanctuary set up with some prayer spots. We'll spend a little bit of time in our beginning time of prayer, just like we do next Sunday. Launches us into our first week of, of prayer and fasting. Um, and so I just want to remind you of that, that we start that next Sunday. Monday through Friday, that next week is our, from 6 to 7 p.m. every night, we will meet here at the church for prayer and fasting. Now, you're saying, well, are we only fasting from 6 to 7? No. What is the fast going to look like? That's between you and God. I don't set up what your fast is going to look like. Some will do a Daniel fast for the entire month of January. Some will do a, a, a full fast for the full week of January. Some will do a something. That's between you and God. I don't prescribe what yours is between you and God. Hey, you've got this week to pray and get close to God, right? Talk to him. He'll, he'll speak. You know, there are, there's resources out there that will give you what you need to, to know. I know this. God will not disappoint you as you seek and deny him, or deny yourself of those things that it is, it is craving. That's what a fast is about, so that you can hear God clearer. But I'm wanting you to know our time of prayer and fasting is so important. But we're going to be praying for souls. And next week, you don't want to miss that time as we start that in our service. But Let's finish strong this week. Let's finish strong by preparing ourselves with the mindset that allows us to be successful in what God has called us to, to run the race, to run it well, to run to win. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, and I pray that as we run this race, we run it to win. We Go into the strict training necessary to be prepared for all that you've called us to do. We thank you for it. Today, Lord, I, I do ask that if there is anyone here that has not asked you to be their Lord and Savior, Father, that they open their, themselves up to you this day, this moment, is there anyone here that you have not made a decision to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? That you have not answered the call and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to be in the race. I want to be a follower of yours. Is there anyone here that has never made that declaration to him, will you be my? You've never just said, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? Will you be my Lord and Savior? If, that's, if you're here today, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you're seated and just say, I need Jesus. Okay. Lord, we just thank you. And we're believing that if there's anyone online that is 
watching our service today, Father, that they will let us know if that is them, that they need Jesus. I, I, I do remember Anthony Tigner as he um, shared with us earlier that his mother passed away last week and her service is this coming Friday, Father. And uh, even as, as you brought her to uh, my mind right now, I pray for Anthony that you would just be with him and his family as they grieve right now. Lord, and I pray that um, this week that you would minister um, to their family, bring them comfort, bless them, Father. Lord, I thank you that uh, your um, Holy Spirit is able to minister to the needs of your people um, regardless of where we are. And today I pray a blessing on each one. I pray that you would draw draw us close to you. Help us to experience your presence in increasing ways this week to, uh, to reevaluate our lives, to uh, rearrange the things that we are, are actively involved in and renew our commitments with you. And as we do so, Father, may we draw close to you. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Praise God. At this time, uh, if our ushers would prepare, we're going to wait upon you for our morning tithes and offerings. As they're doing that, I want to just let you know that there are no um, Wednesday night services at the church this Wednesday. Um, we're just inviting you to just enjoy time with your family this week. Um, and then next week, um, that following week, all of our services are involved in our time of prayer. So you can't, our youth can, or will still be meeting, but they'll be doing a focus on prayer. Same things with our, our 2030s group. They, they'll just do a, a focus in prayer. And so our groups will still be meeting. Everything will just be focused during our time of prayer, during that six to seven time frame. So... Praise God. Ushers, come. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. I pray your blessing on this offering. Um, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Um, We just pray your blessing on each one as they continue to do that which you have called them to do. And we ask for this in your name. Amen. God bless you as the uh, offering plates pass by. We just uh, release you to love on one another. Continue to pray for Fred. Um, he is at Soin, and just pray that God will continue to move and that his uh, bowels will continue to activate and uh, uh, that they're able to do the things physically that he needs to do. So 